Hey everybody, welcome to the Stubborn Fellows. My name is Junkin. I'm Cameron. That, like, that was a really auspicious beginning. I just spontaneously decided not to use last names. Hey guys. <laughs> Start over. Start over. Alright, I'll just... We want no last names though, right? I don't care. I mean, you have more reason to care than I do. I don't care. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Stubborn Fellows, episode one. My name is Duncan Carson, I'm joined by... Cameron. My co-host. <laughs> I didn't do a last name. <laughs> this is a, a purposefully low concept podcast. You can't say it's purposely low concept, because then it's like, then That's... you're like being, just do the podcast, and it doesn't have to be purposefully, purposefully low concept, right? Once you say it's purposely low concept, that's now high concept. <laughs> self-conscious. And that's the problem here. Our that's problem, what we need to break here is yeah. like, like you're a person who's more self-conscious than I am, maybe. That's definitely true. as self-conscious as I am. I think it's equal in terms of what we put out into the public consumption. Does that make sense? No. No? Mm-mm. About, well, I feel like we have a similar amount of volume that we're not publishing in, any, in some format or another. Do you know what I mean? And why aren't we publishing it? Well, because we... Because we're stubborn fellows. We have, we're stubborn fellows. We habitually approach things from too high concept of a place. And that's why we started this, to get... Well, the, well, the, opt- yeah. well, the optimistic way of looking at it is what Bellow said in Augie March, or what Augie March said in Augie March, written by Saul Bellow, is that the axial lines... It's like the kingdom of heaven. It's it's like, it's the thing that when you align your life to the axial lines, like things come into harmony, things come into focus, harmony, beauty, love, goodness, uh, fecundity, growth, goodness. Um, they they spring in that there there's something yogic about it. There's something, um, and the point he makes is that the reason why he has been so. He, he, he said no to all of his persuaders over the years because he was a real half-assed ADHD type, Augie March. Sure. He did this, he did that. He's a real dilettante. And it's just a big, unfocused, kind of um, picaresque novel, Augie March. Um, and then he has this flash, and he, he says that he... why Maybe why he's been such a stubborn fellow is that it was just on the obstinacy of the memory of these axial lines. That some part of him remembered... That like he didn't want success in this direction or in this direction or that direction. What he wanted was to have his life on the axial lines, to live his life in harmony, in like in in a in modest harmony with the way of things, sure. you know. And sure. so, the name of the podcast is uh, maybe just a uh, we're not we're not underachievers. We're stubborn <laughs> fellows. We're stubborn fellows, man. Or and 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 it's it's uh. You know, it's it's very endemic to to our, ourselves and a lot of the people that we know here in Austin, Texas, uh, and have known over the course of our lives. That as soon as you start to pursue something like an artistic form of expression, and it becomes, you start to see the like industry side of it. Yeah, you're like, well, then it would just become a job. Right. So to exist on this like half place of like, oh, everyone we know is always meant to write a screenplay or something. But, right. But then you just gotta hustle, you know, and the 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 balance between expression and self promotion. This is all very Augie March type type stuff. Right. So that's that's the reason for the name. Where he doesn't want to get have you read Augie March? No. Okay, so like there's um he 
comes into the orbit of like a rich couple and they want to um, adopt him and then he's like ah they, like the <laughs> this the woman starts buying expensive stuff for him sure um and he just keeps falling into he's sort of like keeps falling to other people's designs like from the jump he's always somehow insinuated into some other person's plans and then like finds a way to just like just sort of like shirk his way out <laughs> and that's not exactly the case with us i think what we said the other day uh yesterday was like this interesting thing about people our generation um old millennials elder millennials yeah sure exennials echo boomers mm. is that like we have um the worst thing about our quarter life crisis is that when you're starting to have it, you realize that it's your midlife crisis. <laughs> that numerically, lifespan wise, you're like, oh no, I'm 40, I'm 38, I'm whatever, and I'm going, um, like, what's it all about? Like, why, wh where should I live? And, and where should I buy a house? And should I have kids? Like, these are quarter life questions yeah. that we're now having midlife. And so, like, that seems to like kind of track with the the, the same kind of thing of, of the um, stubborn fellows thing where it's yeah. like you um, you have all these burned bridges, you have all these like half starts, you have all these like you look at your past and you go, well, what the fuck have I been doing? Right. When I think I feel like there's many people that aren't even like creative types per se that have that same feeling of like, oh, my quarter life crisis just lasted until middle age. Right. It's just I never got around to sorting out all those big questions because nobody like has one job for their whole life anymore. Right. Or like you don't become like a company man and then like Yeah. And nobody under thirty like buys a house for the most part. And or have we don't have kids as much like mm -hmm. all these things, all these things you read about in the Atlantic. Sure. And that's okay. And and I texted one of my friends is like, how many more Atlantic articles do I have to read about like us not being boomers? <laughs> like yeah. Millennials are not buying houses at the same rate. Millennials are not having kids. Millennials, millennials are not doing this. It's like we're killing everything, killing right. every industry. We're not boomers. Can we just be what we are, though? Can we just be the? And I think that's maybe what's happening with me is the ennui I'm going through is like buying a house mm -hmm. and um, living with my spouse or I mean, common law. or I don't know what to call her. Yeah. My not girlfriend. Like calling her my girlfriend is like crazy. Yeah, well, I, I I recently moved in with my partner. We've settled on the term uh, partner. Partner, as you imply a certain amount of like seriousness. Um, but yeah, that's another thing we've been talking a lot about recently is just to have all of those sort of like crisis questions settled, especially you buying a house. Yeah. Um, but to not really feel any more settled. But it's like, do I? But that's the question: is do I want to be settled? Like, is it is is it me? Is is from the day we closed on this house, I've had like crazy, like acid reflux anxiety stuff where my body's just like rejecting reality like a donor organ that it doesn't like. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if there's some part of me that goes like the stubborn fellow thing's just digging its heels in, going like, I, I don't know about this. This seems a little boomer yeah. Yeah, yeah. ish buying a house and like. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like I. Spent the whole pandemic unemployed, got some of my government money, cha-ching, and uh, finally lined up a freelance writing gig where it's decent money to write about movies and TV and stuff. Yeah. And it couldn't be like 
more in my like wheel of interests because it's all shit I've seen or yeah. watch or wouldn't mind watching again. And it couldn't be like more in my like, oh, it's forcing me to write and like get better at sitting there and yeah. writing. And it just like hits all these things and it still fucking work. And I don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> and I just have to sit there and like marshal myself. So it's, yeah, just at war with our own brains. Get used to that, listeners. Um, no, but I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be at war with my own brain. Well, and I feel like there's some, like, if if I could just, we could just sum up. We had a brief project together called Self Help. Yeah, that's true. What was that, 2015? I don't know. It was several years ago now. Um, Where we, uh, we, you know, we read some self-help texts, and it was sort of this, like, you know, like, self-aware idea to see how much we could internalize of that sort of literature. Yeah, well, the idea was, like, when it was lampoonable, we'd lampoon it. And when right. it was uh, learnable, we'd learn it. And when it was actionable, we'd try to action it. And it was very grandiose and very um, misguided. I kind of think it was misguided. But I think we realized pretty soon it was misguided. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we did like 14 episodes. Um, and then honestly, I mean, I think it was, it could have gone on forever if we were in a place in our lives to just like keep it going. Um, and, and I don't think we were overly like, oh, we're going to like, you know, like revolutionize our own lives. And No, I think we did think that. Did we? Yes. All right. You especially. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. But maybe we didn't present it that way on the podcast. It's lost to the, the internet gods now. It was yeah. on some old Libsyn server that's gone. But we were boring. Yeah. Those, they're boring. And I'm afraid you and I... That we have great chemistry, but I'm afraid that we have boring chemistry. I'm going to be honest. That we, or we have chemistry that is not boring in and of itself, but it is boring to a third party. You think party. it's boring to a listener? Maybe it's just we're two up our own asses, and I just think, like, <laughs> maybe this can be the, the getting out of your own ass thing. I think, I, think we're, I think if we could hear it, it would be kind of boring, but I think we're more interesting to listen to now. <laughs> That's Based on what? I'm not saying the most interesting or that this podcast will immediately take off, but I think, I think we're more entertaining than we used to be. Possibly. I think at the very least, I'd, I'd get in there and, and mix it up more than I used to. I you hope know? so. I hope so, because I feel like you were the one dragging us down before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be real, man. Like, sometimes I find... I don't like. I don't want to say you're, like, intimidating to talk to you, because I'm not, like, intimidated. But when Say you, that. I'd love you to say that. <laughs> when, I'd love you to say I'm intimidating to talk to. Is it you're intimidating to talk to, right? Okay. You're very smart and intellectual, and I think especially six years ago or whenever it was, I was loath to interrupt you when you had a, had a steam going, or to like divert the the tone of a conversation. But I think I'm better at it now. Yeah. I maybe feel, I, maybe I feel more shame now. Maybe I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that was ever the issue. At least no, I mean like shame about talking too much. Oh, sure. But I don't think so either. I have recordings of us where it's just me, 90% and you 10%. Sure. Yeah. From recently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I've hosted podcasts more often in the past and ho- hosted shows. 
But and I feel like we're just a little more uh, fuzzy now. Mm-hmm. I've become more hippy dippyish and a little more um, softer on the edges of my personality, of like my sense of self. Like one 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 thing that I think about self help that was an inherent problem of both our podcast and <laughs> the genre is yeah. that. Like it occurred to me that a lot of the problems that I encounter in my life comes from the fact that it's I'm I'm painting on a canvas the size of myself, like my own soul. Like it's 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 the the conception of myself is as a separate thing. Sure. And that's sort of like you're I'm already trapped. Like you're already checkmated if you conceive of yourself as this isolated thing because you are not an isolated thing. Like you're an expression of your parents' genetics and their parents' genetics, and you're an expression of a bunch of cultural attitudes that you've absorbed and the books that you've read sure. and, and all this stuff. And then when you consider it, um, it really is a flowy thing. And so to conceive of yourself, like how do I make myself better? Or if you're going around thinking like, I'm not doing so hot and I'm not and I'm not and I'm not. Right. It's right. really hard. When I think, I feel like that is what's fun for me when I look back on that brief project is that we went into it with that sort of very pro self mentality, like, oh, we're gonna really right. improve this this batch of neurochemicals and habits and memories that I call me. Sure. Um, but the only things that really resonated with me immediately were when we like listen to Ramdas right. or, you know, uh, the. Many, many what else did we do we listened to like gangster rap and stuff yeah it was, it was very fun but the the things that have really stuck with me in the years since are the ones that are like very like well the self is an illusion so it was it was a fundamentally flawed premise from that perspective um and certainly yeah it's i think i've softened in the years since and i have a much more like flowy idea of of who i am or what constitutes myself right like i think i would probably call myself an atheist Back then. Oh yeah, and I don't think I would call myself that anymore. Hmm. Like I find often that atheism is like. Uh... No, let's not go. Let's not go there. <laughs> well, future episodes, but we will get into. What I wanted that. to say was like I feel better right now. Yeah. Like I didn't feel good today. Now I'm talking to you, and I feel better. <laughs> like I just feel better right here right now and well, it's almost like you calling it a, a purposefully low concept thing it's like it is and it's it, it's a nice warm lap to to land in to just go well here we are we don't know what it is and we're just talking yeah just trying to figure it out we set up a room just for the listeners benefit with a bunch of pillows and multicolored lights where we sit on the floor. It's like a very zen podcast studio. You could call it that. Well, that was my goal. <laughs> it's a little college dormy, but... Um, I mean, that's true. But we... Like, like, what I feel... I feel like like doing a podcast... So I did Ramin's podcast, and... Um, sure. Brain, he, uh, Rainbow Brain Skull, great podcast. And at the end... And I was just living with my parents, like trying to f get my life back on the rails and I was um I guess I was taking a few classes you, you no not even that yet I think I was just um who knows what sure trying to get into salesforce and trying to get into trying to find some square way to like make money cuz I've never made money I'd never made money at that point 
and he asked me at the end, he was like, where should people go to find you? I'm like, don't find me. <laughs> and he's like, that's the first time this has ever happened where someone's like, don't find me. And I was like, well, I feel the, I become very aware of like my identities and the kind of like aborted um, attempts that I've made to become something as a comedian, right? Like yeah. I've had some sex success as a comedian. And some minor success as a comedian where I'm like, oh, I've gotten good feedback. I've, I was a respected member of the Austin scene like a billion years ago. Sure, yeah. Um, but then that's not enough. I'm not a comedian anymore. I can't be like, hey, I'm a comedian. And I bet a lot of people feel like they're not comedians, especially during COVID. But I wasn't even before. Yeah. <laughs> I did the greeting cards. I've done all this stuff. And it's interesting to be like... Am I worthy to be here doing a podcast? Am I worthy? Am I enough of a self? Have I established enough of a thing right. to do this? That outside-in way of conceiving of the self. That's fair. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's something that's been in my head, too. And we obviously set this podcast studio up several months ago and didn't get around to it until now. But... Yeah, once you get in the rhythm of putting yourself out there, it becomes hard to take credit for, you know? Like, once it becomes, like, a need. Say it again. I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting what you're saying. Um, like, I, like, I understand it 100% where you're coming from, which might be objectively strange because I have a comedy show that I do every week. Right. Like, if I were on Ramin's show, I would be like, you follow me on Twitter here. right. right. And if you're in Austin, come to my show here. And I have a album of comedy that's out there. But once those things are achieved and sort of external to your own like mind, it becomes immediately like, like what is next? What else haven't I done or aren't I doing? Or even like what is next for me in comedy or this and that and the other. So, so I understand you're describing something like the hedonic treadmill. Yeah. Like, you become acclimated to your output, you become acclimated to your accomplishment, and then you're back to your baseline. But your baseline, you can at least, uh, like, in the front of your head go, well, I have enough to do a podcast. I, I'm part of the community still. I That is true, yeah. And, and so I just find it interesting watching myself go through this process, right? And I think what I want this to be most, most importantly, I want this to be fucking real, yeah, like I want it to be real. I want yeah. it to be like us actually having the conversations and like building mindfulness and awareness of like these back of the house, front of the house dichotomies that you can get stuck in where like these are the thoughts that say in the back of the house thoughts that are like, am I good enough to be doing this podcast? And then so you go, you nudge the front of the house guy, you go, hey, really ham it up to prove that you're worthy. <laughs> yeah. And you just go, well, how about we just pull the curtain back? And just say the thing, which is like, I don't know that I feel like I feel somewhat awkward. But sure. like but but I'm I'm not intimidated by many people intellectually and I I think I have enough to share. But at the same time, it's like it's weird. How do you frame it when you're when you're doing the podcast? You go like you go like 
who am I talking to? <laughs> Nobody knows yeah. me. Who am I talking well, to? I think I think that's funny about the relationship between stand up and podcasting in general the last decade or whatever. Because mm. it's a very natural extension of I'm a comedian and now it's fun for me to put stuff like this out in the world. Right. But there's like the the appeal of stand up, especially for me, is the built in safety catch of like, guys, that that joke just fell apart in my head as sure. I was saying it and then they laugh at that or whatever. And with you know the crowd's not here, so a podcast is like this more formal thing. But I think, I think after this amount of time, or maybe just being this old, it's something that you know I have a I, I feel like I have a decent mix of like the back of the head, the backstage guy going like hamming up a little bit. You're you're on live mic, right? Uh, versus just like just like brass tacks being honest, you know. And uh, I'm excited about you know, mixing it up. I want to get better at talking to you, somebody I find intellectually intimidating about all this, this deep down stuff. And to go after... Also, the... I'm pretty large. <laughs> yeah, you could probably beat me up. You at know? least look like I could. You definitely look like you could. You definitely look like... I don't think I could. You wouldn't get messed with. <laughs> uh, I can't think of two less likely people to fight based on the way that we express ourselves. Yeah. Um... What was I saying? Yeah, I wanna I I'm excited about this being the practice and there not being like this this arch self help like right. progress to keep track of or whatever. Because we're always gonna keep moving toward those things and thinking about that stuff and trying to integrate it into our daily life and talking about that. Plus we wanna have people that we know well that are in this probably somewhat similar place in their lives. Or um, people we want to talk to. People we want to talk, talk to. to people. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I just want an excuse <laughs> to talk to people. Yeah. Be on our podcast. Because like, I'm fucking dying. I work from home. Yeah. My home's new. I gotta like, make it a, I got the house is, we bought the house and the home is like, our old home is just like a shipwreck that lives inside of the new house. <laughs> yeah, you just moved. And <laughs> so like, and the dog follows me around and just like looks at me like, she just just cries and whines to go on a walk, and I'm like, I am like Robinson Crusoe over here. I'd love <laughs> to just talk to people. It's like, um, what did Whitman said something like, "This is the, this is like the meal equally. This is the meat for like something hunger, basic hunger." Or his point was like, like the big building blocks. This is the I'm I'm trying to feed the deep hunger. That we all share. Yeah. Right? And it's like, that's why shirking off the, the high concept thing, <laughs> of we'll just kind of wedge our way in here. It's like, no, but like, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm hungry for interaction. I'm hungry for like, um, helping other people. I'm hungry for helping myself. I'm hungry for um, looking forward to talking to you at the end of every week, because uh, I feel out to sea, man. Yeah, dude. And that's uh, and that's another thing that I always want to get better at. But it helps to have a project. And I always sound mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good because I always sound apologetic. Yeah, you know, it's like our, it's like our thing. It's like if someone watches and they didn't speak English, you'd be like, "He's really letting him have it," <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy's really absorbing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I feel like that's exactly. I, everybody's got to feel this to a certain degree with that's like abiding by 
stay-at-home orders this whole time or worried about the Delta numbers and just this this whole period of time. But especially even doing my show, I don't go out to, like, comedy mi- open mics. And, um, you know, it's we, we met each other 10 years ago. And... Uh, I kind of believe that. <laughs> it's well, weird. it was it was a heady time when I I, I keep thinking about something you said a, a month ago or something where I, we were all in, in love in Austin in the summer of 2011. We were all in love in Austin once. Yeah, because yeah. um, like a lot of people moved here then and like or like started comedy then. And but I like, had no idea that was happening. Yeah, we I didn't like think of it that. I way. I was just like ambitious and insecure and like on fire to make it and like mm-hmm. waiting tables and if. But when I when I said it to you, you immediately, you're like, "Oh yeah, that was true." Yeah, like to be a part of a cohort like that and to go to open mic to open mic night after night, like you're just in love with this like hive mind of of fun. It's something. Yeah, it's like you belong, and it's. I think probably took COVID for me to even consider that. I don't think it would have made that much sense without COVID. Sure, that sure. like such basic boring community would ever seem like so exalted. Maybe took the complete breakdown of of anything that feels like easy communion with with others. Yeah, well, and it was and it was all you had to do was keep going, like it was effortless, mm-hmm. you know. And that's something that the pandemic has definitely shed light on for me. Hard is that I have no deliberateness in the way I go about crafting my social life. Right. It just happens, sort of auxiliary to the things that I'm passionate about. Wait, what 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 word did you just say? Auxiliary? 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 How is it pronounced? I don't know what you're saying. Like adjacently? Auxiliary? Auxiliary. That makes way more sense. The point is, you do comedy for a while, and your social life happens around it, but eventually you you lose the every night open mic fire Yeah. one way or another, and then the pandemic, on top of that, I was like, boy, I, do it. I guess I have friends, but it's like we never make plans right to hang out and now i have to like decide who i want to spend time with and be deliberate about it Mm -hmm. and make sure i trust them enough to trust their virus protocols right it's all this additional math on top of uh just that basic question of like do people enjoy hanging out with me in the first place you know yeah they probably do (laughs) you're a good hang you're good you're 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 good people. I think you're fun to be around. Fun? I don't yeah. know. You're good. You're a good person. I'm just kidding. You're very, you're very stimulating. That's why well, I, th- I feel like it's, you know, uh, another thing you said that I think about often is uh, every friendship can have its own gift shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could. Right? Yeah. And so I feel like it's, I'm, I love having all my like one-on-one friends lately because it's very like different vibes wherever right. I go. But uh, I feel, but I feel like just as like a kid raised on like friends or something dumb, that I'm always in search of this like same place that everybody goes and Lodge Forty Nine, Lodge Forty Nine, man, Central Park, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why aren't I just around the same people all the time and cracking jokes? And especially, this is the first time I've ever worked from home, which is a big adjustment for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll get some. Uh, we'll get some people in here. We'll pick their brains. You we'll know? pick their hearts. See what. See what we can learn. <laughs> see that you're. Oh, you're, you're like you. You always like. 
like a marble in a bowl, you always find the bottom and the your bottom of the bowl is like edification. It's always like mm-hmm. like um integration into everyday life. It's about like or I think this is the way you express it. I don't think this is necessarily like your deepest like tilt towards the universe, but I think it's definitely in the way that you talk about it. It's like Yeah. It's about nutritious like nutrients, about finding the nutrients in the things and then being able to like metabolize them. Yeah. And I guess that's not like an unworthy cause, but I think it's one that is like a little close to self-help, you know, it's <laughs> well, a little close. The other, the other podcasting related context is I did a very like an Austin WTF. You made it weird. Just talk to our comedy cohort yeah. in 2011, 2012, uh, for like 50 episodes. And eventually I became very, just very, I would just admit that where I'm like, I moved here. I wanted to know how everybody else told jokes. Right. So I was like, literally, what do you do? Do you write it down? Do you do voice notes? Like, like it helped me get better too, you know? And it's, uh, as long as you're genuine <laughs> about wanting to learn about other people, it, it doesn't seem like ulterior motives or anything. No, but I just mean like from, like we just talked about like self-help being a, a, a self-limiting concept because of, just where we were at the time and like how we conceived of ourselves. It was limiting in some way. Yeah. And I'm saying when we talk about stuff, you always put a button on it and the button is always like, yeah, so you could like um, integrate into your life. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that was, we just said we're just going to be here. <laughs> that was a humorous button. That was not, I mean, I'll try to lose that instinct. But No, but it's funny, but now I'm correcting you. And so I'm becoming normative <laughs> and you see the whole thing breaks down. It's yeah. like, there's no thing you can do. We want to invite other people here because we enjoy the company of other people. That's all it is. That's a bit strong for me. <laughs> <laughs> I go back and forth. This, that is something. Do you, I mean, I know we're in a place where we don't like label ourselves, but especially when I was in college and stuff, I was very like, oh, I'm a misanthrope and I don't yeah. like people and I'm cynical. Mm-hmm. And I wish, often I wish I could get those years back. No, that's yeah. how you should have been. No, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think like developmentally, it makes sense to be like a dark, brooding, Nietzschean, nihilist, atheist when you're 18 to deny the father. Why? Because you just moved out of from your parents' house. It makes sense. Like the metaphor is sort of on the nose. Like you reject traditional religion and stuff when you're that age and you sure. you reject like um, cynical Hollywood notions of goodness, which you should, you should be rejecting what you've been sold up into that point. But to get stuck in that rejection, I think leads to like people in their fifties and sixties that are like, Christianity is such so fake. And you go like, right. Sure. But that's how far you've gotten. (laughs) So don't, I was also a super atheist guy, but that's not that important to me anymore. Yeah. But, well, now and now it's like there's more ambivalence to it, but it is sometimes hard to reconcile the very like, you know, like mushroom trip, we are all love mm-hmm. place with just the day-to-day like reading the news, you know. Yeah, it's hard. Anti-vaxxers. And- uh, we're, like, I thought we were going sane in about April. I would read articles. I'd, I'd read reddit posts and read comments and i was like i think we're going sane like i read so much now where people are making sense to me yeah in just a common sense way and and people are getting vaccinated it felt like we were heading in a really good place 
and towards a really good place. And now it's like, I think we're just out to sea. I think a lot of us feel just completely out, out at sea. Mm-hmm. And sort of a, a way that back to, to bridge the, the quotidian every day with the mushroom trip, we're all one bursting at the seams light and, 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 and love is that um, it's really weird to be a human. It's really weird to be an embodied existing human. Like, it's fucking really strange. It's hard. It's weird to be the... You're like a farmer on a farm of your own biography. <laughs> it's fucking weird. We take it so for granted because we're all doing it, but when you stop and think about it, you're like... That's such a great way to put it because it's like you can't carry your whole life experience in your head, mm-hmm. and you literally just have to cultivate this, like, well, here's who I was in college, <laughs> like, little te- right. terrace of... <laughs> Like talking points about yourself. A farmer of your own biography. And that's how I've gotten so much better at not getting in fights with uh, Lisa, is that I go, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Like, I don't, (laughs) like, I'm not, like, it's it's like yourself from two minutes ago is like, get my back, bro. And you're like, I don't even know you that good two two minute ago self. (laughs) No, you might be wrong. And I'm not gonna like keep going. You know that feeling when you're just you continue fighting from pure inertia. Not really. Yeah. You do know that when you're in a fight and you're like trying to prove a point, someone says something ignorant and you like get in an argument. And you realize like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're making a point when you, you know they're it, wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. why am I doing it? And you realize that you could pull back. You realize like, oh, this isn't important to me actually. But I would always get tunnel vision and I would just be the slave of my biography, the slave of the inertia of whatever right, was going on. Right, right. You're and like, now I can go, I say something and then, and, and if some, like before, I, if I said something and Lisa didn't agree, I would get hurt and I would, but then you just go, but maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Who cares? Like <laughs> that need to be equal to your past selves, be, like that comes from, a naive understanding of identity can really make you do dumbass shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like having a sense of continuity is important, but if, if, if you're too committed to continuity, then, uh, that can be weird and bad too. That's also one of the things I've actually kept from a self-help project was the classic Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people is admitting you might be wrong is actually the best way to win an argument or like to actually get somebody to look at it from your perspective. Right. Is that sort of integrative complexity of like, well, I'm just me talking and I might be wrong, but this is how I truly feel. Um, I remember connecting with that at the time, but then also this idea, especially when it's one of those things that like hits home to you or I talk about this with like, like nerd culture all the time where people just have to get the correct, these little things. Cause there's this idea of like, what did I spend my entire youth caring about this bullshit? If not to be right in this conversation right, right now. Um, but these battles are often not actually worth it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, th- I think it's not like you can't be exacting if mm-hmm. you're like, um, Sitting somewhere where you're not like super, it's like your heart rate. It's your sense of well-being. It's your yeah. emotional uh, aura. It's it's all it's yours. And so if you're getting really constricted, and you're being really like thin-skinned about something, and you're 
like then that's not dope. But like if you're correcting someone's pronunciation of a JRL token, J, a Tolkien character, then yeah, like, and you're just doing it. Like I just corrected you about some word, but I think you'd like to know. I would like to know. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the criterion that I use. Yeah, is like if a friend does a malapropism, I'm like, do do I think they would rather know? I'm like, I think this person would like to know, and so I then I'll do it. But um, yeah, words are important to me. That's you know, kind of a word guy. <laughs> but being a human is fucking hard. It's weird. And, like, that's kind of a way to just, that's what you realize on psychedelics is you realize, like, it's weird. Mm -hmm. And it is weird. Exceedingly weird. But sometimes in your everyday life, it's weird in a way you're like, my back hurts. And, (laughs) like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know, I don't don't feel connected to my deeper purpose. And Right. I think the world is basically gone right now. And so if people feel disconnected from their purpose, that makes sense. You can't just fly to Australia to go to a literary conference. Right, right, right. Like, you, can't. you can't just be getting ready to, to go to like Montreal just for laughs. Like All these things are extremely provisional and very fragile. And mm-hmm. like if that's the case, think about the concentric circles that, of, of interlocking world pieces that would create the world like five years ago in a way that would be like very seamless and like casual you just fly here and do this and you your ambition could like go crazy but now your ambition goes like it's like you're walking across thin ice you're like can this will we be able to do this and so um maybe this is the sanity bunker (laughs) just getting back to first principles of like yeah this is happening and it is weird and like let's talk to people including each other and it's and it's like it's easier to do that when you talk to other people than it is to like feel it or to read like an inspirational quote on Instagram that's like just making it through the day is an accomplishment right, right now. And you're like, well, look, I agree with that, but it's hard to like, you know, take credit for it. What am I going to mark off the days that I've made it through? Sure. You know, like that's one thing. I just mean it's, it's, it's limiting because I feel like in a lot of like just casual conversation, the rare times you're out in the world right now, there's an agenda and there's not much to be gained from me. Like everything is fucking weird right now. Could we just stop what we're doing and talk about that? Yeah. Or, uh, I've been trying to do a bit that doesn't work and this is going to happen a lot. Sorry for that listeners. Uh, we're just like small talk is impossible because it keeps going back to like 600,000 people died. Mm hmm. And that changed the world profoundly, and you know, it just it just circles around that until it ends up there. Because also a- because like, who's there to small talk with? I'm just at home. Yeah. And if you go to the store, even like the the checkered H E B has a mask on, and there's a plastic, sh- uh, like like a like a, a hockey, <laughs> <laughs> the glass in a hockey arena. Yeah, the big thing. And you're just like whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I once said, you know, I didn't realize. Uh, I told this to the HEB checker. I'm like, you know, I didn't realize until COVID how much of hearing really hinged on lip reading. And she yeah. said, yeah, I love the circus too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. <laughs> but like, essentially, I said that and it was just like. That's a solid bet. Essentially, she was like, uh, huh? Yeah. Ugh, back before everyone had sneeze guards. It sucks because like 
before people would know that I wasn't smiling, and now they 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 don't know. <laughs> now they can't know how severe I. <laughs> they don't know that I'm scowling. Yeah. Is, you know, what I realized what I was doing because nobody can like see my face is like just inadvertently gritting my teeth a lot. Yeah. When I have a mask on, mm-hmm. like I would never do it when my face is visible. But just like walk around the grocery store, I'm like just like grinding my teeth. I'm like that can't be good. Can't that can't be a good sign. But yeah, that's what I mean. It's like this blanket over everything. All of my small talk with clerks has been like mask related. Yeah. So you can't you can't just get to this human acknowledgement of how fucked up everything is. And it's the inconveniences are just like that's the problem is like I think the concentric circle is the model is the better way to think about it. Not the like the everyday inconveniences because like that everyday is already so circumscribed by bigger things that are off the menu, right? They're already our day-to-day lives are already so affected yeah by the bigger things that we're not thinking about. Like I would fly home I would have flown home to see my parents so much so many more times than I have cuz I've done it zero times, right? Like the world would be a little bit open. Lisa and I would be planning a trip for uh winter break. Right. Yeah. Like with those things off the table, then your everyday life is already so shaped and or 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 lopsided that when I think about it, it's like, well, you just have to wear a mask. That's not a big deal. <laughs> like the differences aren't that big. You can still go to the store. It's like, yeah, but yeah, but you can't just go somewhere. And there's also this idea of like uncertainty that. I mean, like, even as somebody that's never had a real specific five-year plan or whatever, this idea that the world will be in a, in a vaguely similar shape for the next several years, you know, it's important because I could do this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I could, in the past, whatever, eight years before this, like, try to be a feature and go do sure. the comedy thing on the road or whatever. Or I could do, like, well at this job or another one and take that future. But now it's just all so uncertain right. and changing like week to week that there's not even this comfort of like, oh, well, you know, maybe this part of my life will pan out. Right. Like I got this freelance gig and I was, I, I think I was telling you this yesterday where I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll start like uh, like pitching other outlets, like better paying stuff mm-hmm. and like build that up. I did get a staff job at one of these big websites yeah. that, like people get and then like Vice laid off most of their staff yesterday again. And I was like, oh, that's right. That world was already crumbling before any of this started. Right. And there's no way to know what the future looks like. Yeah. So it's like so so much of our mental life, our fantasy life, our planning life, like all these things, they they're they're distinct as words, but they're not distinct within us. Like like they're like where fantasy and plan merge in you they're not you don't necessarily go is this a fantasy or a plan or is this a dream or is this a scheme or is this like you don't know what it is exactly right and so how much has been shaved off of of that mental life that imagine like the life of the imagination how much of that kind of like ambition imagination dreamy schemey i'll move to la i'll take meetings i'll do this i'll do that yeah how much of that is just gone or like i'd be i could go to paris and just write for a week all these bullshit things that we tell ourselves but that somehow maybe give us a little nourishment or a little something yeah 
How much of that is is gone? Just fucking done. Or for now. On hold. Just suddenly. Well, I I feel like there's a there's an an amount of that that naturally kind of drifts as you age. Although I'm not super cynical about that. Because I feel like, especially as somebody that wants to like write or make music or do many more than just stand up comedy things, it's not like I feel like super old at thirty seven. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, like time, those things take time, or they take time off your life, and you get slightly older, and you're like, well, I couldn't just go completely reinvent myself. Sure. Um, and then the pandemic just went like, phoom, you know, like all of a sudden you can't do any of it right at all. And especially I'd done a lot of world traveling in like 2019, and it seemed like such a big place. Yep. And then now it's just pretty much the room I wake up in every day. Yep. So that's weird. Right? Because I was just feeling completely rudderless. I just like needed something, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's people that feel the same way. I, I dare say there aren't. Then we should talk to other people and then try to take what they say and integrate it into our lives. <laughs> yeah, like vampires, but for functioning. I think most of my life I've been basically vampire. <laughs> That's my approach. Like, they have stuff in them that I need in me. I'll try to suck it from their veins. Well, it's like, it's like I think about that, you know, not, not just because you mentioned it, but, like, that is very... Because um, I moved here with a, a certain agenda of self-reinvention you know i stalled out on like other stuff where i'm from and walking i just like i i think stand-up could be the thing Mm -hmm. um and then i i had an actual system of writing down everyone's name at an open mic because of you know names like a sociopath names faces oh um, it gets worse because then people that did well that i wanted to befriend i would put like a little star yeah like cameron yeah he did good i want to talk to him well, I can't remember, like, our first conversation. I don't remember you at all back then. I don't even know. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. But, I mean, like, like I feel like it's like, you know, other people, I oh, we overlap the mics often enough that I can sort of pinpoint the first one. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember when we met. And I think it's important to say, like, I basically was a shut-in before covid I was already mm. ordering groceries online. I was already um, not doing mics. I was already not hanging out with friends enough. I was already, I think a lot of my ambition to build community, to be loving, to be expansive has, has come as a reaction. Like this weird double vision of like, before I wasn't doing it for who knows what reason. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not doing it because of COVID maybe. And, um, Cause there's a way you can be like, it's COVID, but like it isn't. And it makes me like reflective about what was going on with me then. Or... Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's, it causes this self examination because, you know, like comedy or the idea of traveling somewhere or being social or whatever it is, it's kind of nice to know that you're ignoring it. You know what I mean? You're, right. Like you have the, uh, well, and that's, and that's especially my own social well-being was based on just like whenever I felt like it, I could go to an open mic where I'd know like three to five people pretty right. well. And then when that option just suddenly got removed, I was like, ugh, shit. 
Yeah. Well, I was barely going out, but it was nice to know it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that could last like several months at a time, with the exception of my weekly show. So, yeah, to not have an option all of a sudden, and to not have some like imaginary sitcom like network that already existed of close friends. Right. Uh, it really just caused this this trapped feeling, I think, for a lot of people. Because anybody in their 30s, I think, has this feeling of like, oh, I don't, I don't hang out with uh, the, the gang anymore. And it's funny when yeah. sometimes I'll tell that to people, to friends, and they're just like, yeah, that's what it's like in your 30s. Like, there's this thing that people do. Or let me ask you, is this a thing that people do? Hmm. I, f- I feel like this happens all the time. There's some dysfunction, as far as I can tell, some breakdown of kinship group in our culture, some breakdown, some isolating principle of late capitalism or whatever it is, modernism that is like starving people, hmm. making people feel like alone and, and not part of something. And you point that out and people go, yeah, that's what it's like in your thirties. Yeah. People just uh, stop hanging out with friends and they, and it's just like, <laughs> but you're just, but what are you, but do you see what I'm saying? I, they just, you say there's this dysfunction and then you just go, well, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it's dysfunctional. That's how it is. And then you're just supposed to like go like, right, okay, well, I guess I'll just sign up for it then for <laughs> the dysfunctional thing that I don't like. Oh, uh, yeah, losing contact with all the people that know me the best. Right. Hashtag life in your 30s, am I right? But like you're, we're just supposed to be cool with it? Right. I've definitely had that. I'm not cool with it. I've definitely had that conversation where people are like, well, that's just what happens, you know? But I feel people like- want you to shut up. Like people don't want to hear it. Like if you're <laughs> not having an okay day, people do not want to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're probably not having an okay day themselves. I don't know. I guess, I mean, I think this is hard for me to gauge on account of my whole social system as it was, was comedians that are maybe outside of the, like, people buy houses and have kids and in your 30s you'd lose contact. Like, there's maybe a rhythm to that still at large, but I don't think we just have to all be that cool with it. Right. You know, also, I want to be open to making new friends. Like I realized being new and making new friends seems like so strange now. It seems like I can't remember the last time I made a new friend. It's got to be a long time. And I love the friends that I have. And I have a lot of my best friends are in Austin and that's great. Yeah. But but too often I feel like what are friends? Friends are things that I like list to myself when I'm feeling especially isolated to remind myself that I'm not that alone and there are people that love me and know me and who, who I know. Mm-hmm. It's like, but that's not very good. That's like an imaginary friend, not a real friend. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't made a new friend in a while. Like, outside of work or something. You know, like, outside of some context like that. Let's make new friends, dude. Let's, let's use this podcast to make new friends. Yeah. And to talk and to be present. Yeah. To be absent and to be absent-minded, to be mindful and to be a human, to be a human on display, <laughs> like like one time they put naked people in a zoo and they or not naked but they put them in like some sort of, uh, you know, they put people in a zoo. Yeah, some sort of like, like stunt in- to get people out of the Cincinnati Zoo or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Right. I don't know, but like that's okay. us. We'll just be humans. Just let it all hang out. Just be a human. That sounds like a like a good goal. I feel like I've done it since the day I was born. 
We'll uh, check back in next week with everybody. You know? Why are you saying it like that? Uh, I was like, do you want to wrap up this first episode of our... How long have we been recording? About 50 minutes. 52 minutes. Five zero? Yeah. Sure, I don't mind wrapping it up, but also I find it very funny Yeah. when people on podcasts are like, we better wrap it up because for listeners, it's like, it's a podcast, it's free, I could pause it, I could come back. Like, what are you guys so afraid of? I was asking if you organically felt like it as a as a conversation. I feel like we covered a lot of territory and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it, it feels like, but I don't like to wrap things up. Like, <laughs> I don't like transitions. I don't like things ending. I once lived with a with a woman who she said that she would paint for like 20 minutes and then she would just leave and go to work or go do something else. I'm like, I don't understand. What? What? Like she was able to like just be like, I will do this for this amount of time and then I'll go do something else. And I think we're both hypes <sighs> of just like. That's insane. No, I'll just keep doing it forever because. Yeah. The after is the scary part. <laughs> right. The after. Even if like the after is fine, it's like. Then you got to do this and you got to. 20 minutes. I feel like that's cutting yourself off at the knees. No, but she probably got some stuff done. and But also she just was not an artistic uh, genius. She just liked to paint every once in a while. So Sure. Um, yeah. I think to be a real lunatic about stuff you. you uh, or did sometimes. I don't know. It's hard to. How many people have you known that have been like amazing at something? without being like super neurotic and like obsessive about it where they just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can't really think of anybody. It's just, I'm not saying we're great at this podcast yet. I'm just <laughs> saying like, I tend to have that kind of like obsessive energy and I don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing. And I don't necessarily think her way of doing it was, uh, like better, but I definitely was like, that's crazy. Transitions are terrible. <laughs> uh, well, like, yeah, I like, Sometimes I get to the point that I'll schedule a certain amount of time towards some sort of artistic effort, but it's never 20 minutes. That's just a very brief time to be in that space Yeah, that I can't even imagine. But I think we could wrap it up. Yeah. And um, we'll just meet back here next week with a guest or without, and we'll um, keep being humans, I guess. Yeah. That's the, the other great part of podcasting is as you get further along, the idea that people are like just kind of checking it out and being disappointed or something like, disappears you know like once we've done like 10 people are, aren't gonna listen to the 10th and be like what the fuck is this shit why not why wouldn't they of course they will i mean yeah but that those they would be in the minority compared to people that that are regular listeners i'm i don't know why i'm articulating anxiety and anxiety that is not important no but no but it makes perfect sense because we're making a product and we're talking right so you being kind to the listener makes perfect sense Right? Yeah. So, like, you see that we, there's this thing that we do that we, like, we do a thing that is, like, out of, um, not quite in the, like, self-acceptance stream of, like, pure, like, self-love and just being present and in the moment, right? We do this thing that we think is, like, out of balance with that but when you look at it you go like no it makes sense you're doing a podcast so it would make sense that you would want to like be kind to the listener yeah but then we're punitive with ourselves for having this thought that is beyond the aesthetic notion that we have of like like presence and kindness to self when in fact like doing the podcast at all of course you want to consider the listener yeah i think it'll have a lot of value for people
And uh, I think it'll grow in value as it goes along. Let's put it that way. It's going to be like cryptocurrency. This is like a crypto podcast (laughs) because of how much it's going to go up in value. We're going to release them all as NFTs someday for millions of dollars. Until next week, folks.